This is Ashley, and this is School and Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, I want to share with you that I'm accepting new mentees. That's right. If you are a professional woman who works in corporate, nonprofit, and educational leadership, and you want to find and secure a new job before the end of 2023, then now is the time to join my most coveted and popular program, the Mentor Me Accelerator. The Mentor Me Accelerator is a 12-week career advancement program for high-achieving professional women, and I'm excited to help you use my expertise, let you borrow it, let you leverage it uh, to make more money and have more impact in your career. On average, my mentees who join the Mentor Me Accelerator program secure more than $30,000 in salary increases, raises, or bonuses within 12 weeks Um, within the 12 weeks of the program. And I'm excited to share that in the month of October, I'll be welcoming seven women into this high performing program. If it's been a goal of yours to find and secure a new job all year, if you've been looking for a new job for weeks or maybe even months, then it's now time to get expert level support to advance your career through the Mentor Me Accelerator program. One of the things that I love most about the Mentor Me Accelerator program is the strategies that are inside of it and the community that I build through the program. I think that sometimes when it comes to career development, women feel stuck um, and feel like they have to go at it alone. They've got to figure it out for themselves that there's no real way to move forward in their career without um figuring it out on their own. But while you may be an expert in your industry and while you may have amassed years of experience in your field, it doesn't mean that you're an expert in career development. And having expert level support is available to you. You don't have to go back to school. You don't have to earn another degree. You don't have to get a new credential. My job as a mentor is to help you use the skills, the knowledge, the talent, and the expertise that you already have to make more money, have more impact, and really advance your career in a meaningful way. And I'm excited to do that through the Mentor Me Accelerator. And the Mentor Me Accelerator will be meeting week after week after week in small group strategy sessions where you'll have an opportunity to learn insight, career insights from me, be able to practice those insights um, in a safe environment in my Mentor Me Accelerator program, and then apply them in the job market and in the labor market, all in a supportive and accountable environment in my programs. In addition to the weekly strategy sessions you'll have with me, you'll also have weekly office hours with me, proven curriculum access to my curriculum um, program um, in the Mentor Me Accelerator, as well as just support to move um, through your career development and with a person who's going to hold you accountable and with strategies that are going to work for you and your career success. So if that sounds like what you are looking for, I invite you into mentorship. You can go right to my website to schedule a call with me and talk about um, the Mentor Me Accelerator. There I'll be able to answer any questions you have and to provide you with an opportunity to join the program this month. Uh, You can visit my website at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. And I'm really excited to welcome you into the Mentor Me Accelerator this month. Now, in I Digress, we're going to be talking Fresh Start. If you follow me online, if you follow me um, particularly on Instagram, you know that Monday is my favorite day of the week. I'm big on Mondays. I'm big on new month, new blessings. I love any semblance of starting over, whether it's 
um, you know, a testimony from someone being delivered from something or um, just the, you know, birth of a new child or someone overcoming something. I love the idea and the concept of beginning again. I think that it's one of the things that draws me um, to Christianity, the idea of being born again, of being delivered, of being set free, of being a new creature, right? Like all of those things really call to me. I just really believe in the power of beginning again. I believe in reconciliation. I believe in forgiveness. Like I believe in newness. And I think that there's just so much power in starting over. There's so much power in a fresh start. There's so much power in deliverance and freedom from bondage and anything that might be holding you back. And because I believe in that so strongly, I wanted to talk about what I believe is some of the principles of starting over, some of the principles of a fresh start, some of the principles of beginning again. Um, and I hope that today's podcast um whether you believe in the idea of a fresh start or deliverance or freedom um, or whether this concept is new to you, I hope that it gives you some principles to hang on to around starting again, around a fresh start, around, um, you know, a renewed energy. And it gives you some principles to uh, be able to hang on to. So I guess I'll start by kind of talking about where this idea comes from for me and, and why it's such a powerful force in my life. So I think for me, for sure, the idea of a fresh start or the idea of, um, you know, beginning again um, definitely comes from my faith background. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And, you know, in the Christian faith, there's so much about um, being born again, um, being delivered, um, being set free, right? Um, you know, I grew up in the the Pentecostal church, um, and and in that faith um, canon, I guess uh, there's this sort of idea that you know we were born into sin, right? Like we we were born into a sinful world, um, and you know because of that, because of um, like human nature and because of the simple world that we were born into, uh, we have to kind of go through a transformation. We have to go through repentance and deliverance just through the human condition. Um, and it's only through salvation. It's only through repentance. It's only through, um, you know, be, being born again that we can become sinless and blameless it's only through the 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 forgiveness of Jesus Christ it's only through the blood of Jesus that we can um you know be born again and 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 through our belief in um our faith can we sort of be renewed right and like you know I grew up in that faith tradition I grew up in that in that belief and it's something that really resonates with me because um, I think because it's just a beautiful concept to me that while you would like, regardless of the circumstance for which you were born into, um, through belief and faith and um, forgiveness, like you can be born again, right? Regardless of your circumstance, regardless of, you know, who you were raised by and what environment they put you in, regardless of, you know, any sin or shame or circumstance that you were brought up in, you can be released from that, right? And that doesn't have to hold you down or hinder you or, um, 
I guess, penetrate you um, forever, right? Like you can be released from that. And that is such a beautiful thought to me. That's such a beautiful framework to me. That's such a beautiful concept for me. That's such a beautiful truth to me. Um, and I and I just am so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that truth in my life. I'm so grateful for um, to know that and, and to have that to hang on to that, like, the sin of my parents, the sin of my ancestors, the, 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 the mistakes that they made, um, you know, any lawlessness that they experienced or, you know, were any trauma, right. That they, that they unfortunately had to endure. I don't have to, that doesn't have to be my birthright, right. Like that, that freedom and joy and newness can be my birthright just through deliverance. That's such a beautiful and powerful um, concept to me. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I have that. And like I said, if you don't have that, you know, I'm excited to introduce you to that. I'm excited to introduce you to this concept that you can begin again, that you can have a fresh start, that, um, that what you did last week, last year, last month, last decade, um, doesn't have to be the things that you do today, that you can release that and that you can be forgiven, um, you know, from that. So, um, that is that is such a powerful concept that I grew up with through my faith um, tradition and, and through my current belief and, and something that I offer to you. Um, so, right, like that freedom um, is available to you, that that freedom um, is yours for the taking. And so then once we know that freedom, right, once we know that we can begin again, once we have that, right, once we we accept salvation, once we accept that we can begin again, once we accept that the sins of our past, the sins of our ancestors, the trauma of our past, the trauma of our ancestors doesn't have to hang on to us, um, that we can be released from that. Once we honor that, um, you know, once we go to therapy, once we, you know, uh, you know, once we get on the meds, once we accept Christ as our savior, once we leave the abusive relationship, like whatever that, that is, like once that release happens, then you can begin again. And I think that one of the biggest parts about one of the biggest, I guess, pillars of beginning again is forming new habits, right? So first you have to kind of believe that you can begin again and have a pathway to that, that new life. Then it's about forming new habits. And um, over the last, I guess in the summer, right? I guess across the summer, I started a 75 day fitness challenge where I challenged myself to work out every day for 75 every day for 75 days. And I would work out for at least 45 minutes a day. Um, I didn't do uh, 75 hard. So I, I didn't, um, that wasn't my like challenge or whatever, like that, I, that's not the specific challenge I was doing. Um, Cause that in involved some other details, but I did really commit to um, working out every day for 75 days. And yeah, it was, um, life-changing. I feel like it was hard, um, you know, to, to find that time in the day, every day, especially initially, like I was like, okay, like when do I find the time? So it was hard. Um, especially initially it was, um, it was consuming. Like it was like, okay, like whatever I do today, I got to find 45 minutes to work out. Right. And so like, I felt like my day was consumed by that. Like I had to find the time. Right. Um, and, and, and I'm very a person who's like, um, I like to like have my mind free. Like, I don't like to be like bogged down or like mentally, I don't like to be like hindered by anything or like have anything that's like, oh, you got to do this. You know, I don't like, uh, like addiction scares me, I guess. And so, um, 
even if it's like, quote unquote, being addicted to something healthy kind of freaks me out. So like it was consuming, but I guess in the best way, because, you know, moving your body for at least 45 minutes is actually probably a good idea, like regardless <laughs> of your motive, like and mine is always selfish, right? It's always vanity, but like, regardless, like that's a good idea. That's something good that you should probably be doing. Um, But yeah, so like it was, it was, it was, it was hard. It was consuming. Um but it helped me form a new habit. Um, I, I finished that fitness challenge, I want to say like September 15th. Um, and I record as of, as of this recording of this podcast, it's October 1st. And have I worked out one day since that time? No, I, I did take a break. So I guess I took like a 15 day break. Like, and that was on purpose. I really wanted to take that break. I really wanted to like give my body that kind of rest. But I've been anxious about working out probably for like a week. Like every day I'm like, okay, like, do I need to work out today? Or like, should I work out today? Or like, and I have to remind myself that I'm not on the 75 day challenge and that I, I don't have to work out. Um, but I actually am going to work out today. And I think what I'm going to commit to is that maybe like three or four days a week, like doing like committing to 45 days or 45 minutes each day, because I've formed a habit. Like my body is now like, oh, are we going to work out? Like we need to work out. Like that's what we want to do. Like my body is like craving that fitness, that sweat, that, that energy expense. Right. Um, and so I think that when it comes to making a fresh start, it's first like, you know, accepting the salvation, accepting the help, you know, accepting a new framework, and then it's forming a habit within that framework. So for me, that habit is fitness, that habit is movement, that habit, that habit is sweat, that habit is, uh, like getting out, you know, of like my chair in my desk and like actually moving my body. And now my body like craves that, which I think is kind of cool. Um, you know, and that I formed a habit that my heart and mind and my body and my spirit and my energy like wants to move and wants to expel. Um, and I think that that is really cool. Um, I think also an important part of um, having a fresh start is recognizing the triggers that would impede your fresh start, right? Recognizing the triggers that would um, hinder you from um, your habit, right? Like that would hinder you from a healthy habit. So, you know, I don't know, the trigger could be stress. The trigger could be a group of friends. The trigger could be a time of year, but like recognizing your triggers, recognizing the things that um, sort of keep you from um, like the the start that like keep you from either starting your fresh start or or keep you from keeping up with the the things that you start um, are important, right? Like I think that. Um, sometimes we don't recognize our triggers. Sometimes we don't recognize um, the things that hinder us, the things that hold us back, the things that um, impede our success. We, we don't, we don't even see them as triggers, but they are. So doing that self-evaluation during that, doing that introspection, right. Um, looking at what triggers you, what, 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 um, what, what challenges you, what um, brings up things for you, um, what kind of shakes your faith, shakes your ground, I think is is really important. Um, and yeah, I, I think that uh, 
that introspection is important. I know a lot of people, for a lot of people, one way to get to introspection is journaling. Um, I'm not a big journaler. Um, writing down things kind of stresses me out because I feel like a high level of accountability toward them, <laughs> which is so funny because I'm a big to-do lister. I love a to-do list. Um, but sometimes creating my to-do list creates so much anxiety because I'm like, okay, now I've got to do everything I wrote down. Um, so I guess in that sense, maybe it is something, it's a good way to hold you accountable. But for me, it also creates a level of anxiety that stresses me out. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I just think that this is definitely something that um, some introspection to understand what your triggers are and to assess them and then to develop strategies to address your triggers is really important. Um, and then I guess the final thing I'll say on this, this, um, and then I'll digress is that like, I think that beginning again is sometimes needed to move from where you are to where you want to be. Um, I think that so often, um, the, the, the fear, fear keeps us stuck. Fear keeps us, um, fear keeps us stuck. Fear keeps us from living our full lives, from from carrying out all the things that God would have for us. And sometimes we need to break away from where we are um, and begin again to get to where we want to be. And that can be so, I don't know, it can be so hard because so many things are rooted in where we are, right? Like so many um so many of our friendships, so many of our relationships, so, many, so much of what people know of us is rooted in where we are right now. And it can be really hard to think about, oh my gosh, to begin again means that I have to break off some relationships, break off some um, ways that people know me. I might have to become a new creature. I might have to be a new person and that might leave me lonely or without friendship or without um, connection, but sometimes moving to where we truly want to be and maybe even where God wants us to be, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, means that we have to begin again. Um, and I really hope this resonates. I know even as I'm talking through it, it's like resonating with me and calling me into a level of accountability um, around something. So I hope that um, this conversation was introspective to, to me, for me. Um, but I hope it resonates with you. Um, and I digress. This week in TVT, um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Let me just put that out there. But this show has been out literally since like 2000. Um, so if it, I'm spoiling this for you, then oh freaking well. Um, because I'm talking this week about Grey's Anatomy. Um, every few weeks I do a Grey's rewatch. Um, and right now I'm rewatching Grey's Anatomy. I think I'm in season nine and I wanted to just talk through a few plot points that are legitimately driving me crazy. Okay, let's dive in. Okay, so plot point number one, um, O'Malley's fixation on Gray and him like loving her, liking her or whatever was just so ridiculous. Like I hated that they made him like her. That was very frustrating to me. Um, I feel like 
it would have been so much more meaningful if they would have just made him her friend and made her his friend and like let them be friends. They let Alex and um, Gray be friends. And I just hated that they wouldn't just let O'Malley and Gray be friends. That was just so annoying to me. Um, yeah, staying on this O'Malley train, George's death just really rocked me. It really, it just really rocked me. I hate how they ended that character on the show. Him getting hit by a bus and then being mangled to un be unrecognizable. Um, oh my God. Like, why would they do that to the character? I hated that. Drove me crazy. I'm skipping around a lot here, but I don't care. Him also being married to um, Callie, like, Oh my God, like what, like that whole, oh, that storyline. I don't understand that relationship. It made no sense. They did not belong together. Like that whole thing. So freaking all ridiculous. I hated that so much. That relationship is almost as worse as that same character's relationship with Miranda in, in Just Like That. And if you watch these two shows, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Neither of these relationships make sense. Che's relationship, Miranda doesn't make sense. Callie's relationship with George doesn't make sense. I hate, I think I, I just hate that character. Like I hate that actress, I think, or actor, because I think that they are um, maybe non-binary. Um, but yeah, I, I hate the actor, I think. And not like the person, the actor, like the characters they choose to play. Like I hate, everything about it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. I hate everything about that character and the characters they, or the characters they choose to play. Um, okay. Izzy and Denny. Um, love it. I know it's ridiculous. I know it's absurd. I know her cutting his LVAT was like, what are you doing? I don't care. I love it. Match made in heaven. Love the storyline. Love the love story. Love them together. Love the delusion, love the cancer, love, hate her getting with um, Alex, hate that for her, love her leaving him, love that for her. Um, yeah, I just, I just love me some Izzy. I love me some Izzy and Denny, like forever. Love it. Love it. Um, Miranda Bailey, let's talk about it. I, the whole, them calling her a Nazi thing. I'm like, but she's black. Like she's a black woman. What is, what is happening here? This doesn't make sense. I really hate that. But, um, and I, I don't love that, like the strong black woman and she was like, couldn't keep her marriage together. Or, like her husband didn't love her because he felt like she worked too much. Like, I just wish that she had a different storyline, um, in the early seasons, I, I don't love that she was a single Black mother who couldn't keep her marriage together because she loved, you know, surgery too much. Like, I just don't like that. I didn't like that. I I don't, I didn't like that storyline. Mm -mm. um, but I do love Arizona. Like, I love her energy. I don't love that, like, she was from a military family and her dad was. Like, I didn't like that part. But I just love that she just was so sure of herself and she knew who she was. And that she was like a ped surgeon and she loved kids, like loved kids, but didn't want kids like for herself, like didn't want um, to have children. Like, I just like that energy of her. Like, I like the energy of her so much. Um, yeah, so much, so much. I just, yeah, love her. 
Um, yeah. Uh, I hate Alex with a passion. We'll never like that character. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Hate April Kepner. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Um, let's get to the men. Um, or the like attending men, I guess. Um, Derek Shepard can do no wrong. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Um, uh, what is his name? Um, McSteamy. I'm not thinking of his name right now, but I, I don't know. I can't, I can't decide how I feel about him. Like sometimes, I mean, when he was like, like in the early seasons, he was just like annoying and slimy. But then when like he was dating little gray, like I had so much compassion for him. And like, I do feel like he was a good friend of Callie, even though she was a horrible person. I don't know. I can't decide. I can't decide how I feel about him. I reserve, the, I reserve Mark. Is that his name? Mark. Yeah. McSteamy. I, I, I reserve my emotions about him. I can't decide. I can't decide how I feel about him. Um, or Sloan. Wait, I can't remember. I can't remember. Mark Sloan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mark Sloan. Um, I can't decide. Um, and then, um, what is his name? The, the like trauma surgeon who was in the army and then his like army buddy. I'm not thinking of their names right now. Um, but I, I like, I obviously I have the, um, I have the benefit of like having watched the current season. So like, I know again, spoiler alert, that they get together later. So I'm not even annoyed by the whole like Christina and Burke and Christina and him. Like, I don't even care about that. I feel like Christina, this show could exist without Christina. I actually don't think she's a pivotal character. And I know when people think of Grace, they think of Gray and Christina, Gray and Yang, but Christina can kick rocks. Like I, I don't care about Christina. Like I feel like she's I don't care about Christina. I, I don't care about her. Like I care about Izzy. I care about little gray. I cared about George so much. I even feel like Alex is a more pivotal character than Christina. I don't care about Christina and I'm not afraid to say it. Um, I know there's somebody I'm forgetting. And I know that when you guys listen to this, you're going to be like, how could you not talk about X? Oh, um, the chief, like long live the chief. I don't care. I don't care. He, he's not even, he's not even my problematic fave because he's not problematic. He's perfect. I stand the chief. I stand Adele. I stand even Meredith Gray's mother. I stand. Like, I don't like that whole storyline. I love that storyline because that is real. You being married and like being a black person, knowing you got to marry a black woman, like knowing that you love this crazy white woman, but knowing you can't be with her, like her having her be like your work wife and like having a whole, like I, that makes perfect sense to me. Long live, live the chief and all of his problems, but long live him. Like literally long live him. Um, Yeah, I'm loving this rewatch. I'm into it. I can't get enough of it. I'm so grateful for seasons and 24 episodes in them. Like this brings me much joy. Um, I stand. So 
if you are due for a Grace rewatch, listen, lean in, sis, lean in. I'm gonna, I probably will do ER again because I had started to do ER and I got up to like season six or five or six and then I stopped watching because I got bored. Um, but I think I might like do Grace and then I might do ER, which, oh, ER is a whole nother situation, but I might do ER. Um, but yeah, long live Grace. I love you, Shonda. Love you. That wraps up this week's episode of School of Life. <laughs> this was a fun one. I hope that it blessed you like it blessed me to record it. Um, I am going to be having some guests on this fall. So um, if you want to hear from someone, if you're listening to the podcast, you want to hear from somebody, you're like, Ashley, you got to interview this person. Ashley, you got to talk to this person about this thing. Feel free to send an email to info at schoolandlifepod.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at schoolandlifepod.com. I will get the email. I will seek the person out. I'll see if they want to be a guest on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Tell a friend about School and Life. I love what we do here. I love this community we have. And I'm always looking to grow it and bring some more folks to class. Um, so yeah, share the podcast if it blessed you this week. Um, yeah, I'm excited for you to share it. Thanks so much for listening. School's out. Class dismissed.